Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This weekly radio program is brought to you by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. We now invite you to stay tuned for our message this morning. Good morning and welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. This is Elder David Wise here with you this morning, and we would like to welcome you on behalf of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, where I pastor at 11 Staten Road in Ackerman, Mississippi. And we'd also like to invite you on behalf of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church and their pastor, Elder Joe Nettles. And we partner in this program, and both of our churches meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m., and we'd love to have you come and see us. And also, if you are looking for a worship opportunity in the middle of the week, we would heartily invite you to come to New Covenant Church in Starkville, Mississippi, 200 West Garrett Road, and we use their facility on Wednesday night and have a worship service beginning at 6 p.m., followed by supper. So we would love to have you come out and worship with us. If you are not in the North Mississippi area, we would certainly direct you to our website to find a Primitive Baptist Church directory to find a church that may be closer to you. And we'd invite you to go to our website, gospel-of-grace.com. Be sure and subscribe and check out that website for past messages and for links to our podcast. And you can also go to macedonia-pbc.org. That's Macedonia's website, and we have a lot of past sermons, both from the radio and from Sunday sermons, on the website that we hope can be edifying to you. If you do listen, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to know that you're out there, so please contact us with the information that is on the radio website. This morning, we'd like to continue our spiritual warfare series, and we'd like to look at our defenses, and particularly angelic defenses. Angels are presented many times in the Word of God as showing up to defend God's people against our enemies in the spiritual warfare. And it's a tremendous encouragement for us to think about that, to think about the blessed fact that there are angels encamping round about us and that they will protect us from the wiles of the devil and from our enemies. So we want to consider that this morning and we pray it'll be a blessing to you. Please stay tuned as we'll bring that message right after the song. Amen. 
Good morning and welcome again to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. This is Elder David Wise here with you, and we've been trying to consider for some time now spiritual warfare, and we've looked at our enemies, and now we want to look at our defenses. And there are many defenses that we are given in the Word of God that we can protect ourselves from the wiles of Satan. Last time, we tried to focus on the providential hedge that God has put around his people and around his children, and in conjunction with that, one of the greatest aspects of that providential hedge is angelic protection. You know, we talked about a fence and a border that Satan and the enemies of the Lord can't go by. And this verse here in Psalm 34 and in verse 7 could arguably be the text of what we're trying to talk about with angelic defense. It says there in Psalm 34 and in verse 7, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and deliver them. That sounds kind of like a border of angels, doesn't it? It sounds kind of like a fence. It sounds kind of like a providential hedge. That hedge is not like a hedge or a fence in a garden that we have today, an electric fence or a barbed wire fence. No, that hedge, that fence, I think we could say is literally made up of angels. And that's a blessed thing to think about, isn't it? And those that fear him, there's no fear of God before the wicked. So those that fear him are the elect. And isn't it a beautiful thing to, to be reminded that God sends angels to protect his people and for them to be literally the first line of defense in that providential hedge to protect his people against the wiles of Satan. So angels are a very interesting and even sometimes mysterious topic in the word of God. Aren't they? I did a quick search of the word angel on my Bible app, and there was 280 references to angels in Scripture. They are all throughout Scripture, right? And we don't have time to consider all of those things. But as we try to think about angels and their purpose and how they minister to God's elect, first of all, I just want to look at how many of them there are. I mean, it's just innumerable how how many possibly angels there are. We talked about unclean spirits and how if we're so afflicted with devils tempting us on a daily basis, and there are billions of God's elect all throughout this world, well, there has to be billions of unclean spirits to tempt us, right? Well, God is not outnumbered in all things. Christ will have the preeminence. God is certainly not outnumbered in the spiritual warfare. He has less angels than Satan has unclean spirits. So God certainly has much more angels than Satan has on his team. And we have just a little bit of a glimpse into this in Revelation chapter 5 and in verse 11. It's talking about the angels, the voice of the angels round about the throne. And it says the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000. Okay, so if that is a multiplication formula, 10,000 times 10,000, that equals 100 million. All right, so we have 100 million. But then on top of the 100 million, you have thousands of thousands. <laughs> and I don't know if we're supposed to multiply that too. But again, the point is though, that there is an innumerable host of angels. I mean, probably billions, billions of angels that are all under the direction of Jesus Christ. There are quite a few places in scripture where it refers to God as the Lord of hosts. It refers to him as Jehovah Sabaoth, not Jehovah Sabbath, but Jehovah Sabaoth. And that literally means the Lord of hosts. 
The Lord of hosts, a great host of the elect, no doubt, but great host of millions upon probably billions of angels. And it's just amazing to think that all of those angels are dispensed to bless God's people. We see a picture of this in Genesis chapter 28 as Jacob is fleeing for his life. And this is a great trial in his life. We find even when Jesus is tempted, we find in Matthew chapter four, when Jesus is tempted those three times by Satan, that after that, Jesus Christ, as the son of man, angels were sent to minister to him and to strengthen him. So in the midst of this great warfare that we're struggling with, God will send angels to bless and encourage you. Now, Jacob, I think there's a good chance that this is when he was born again, which is a, another topic for another day. But this is a time in Jacob's life that he was having to flee for his life and he made mistakes and, and he was in a bad situation. But then he sees a ladder, which we find out later on from John chapter one, as, as Jesus tells Nathaniel about this, we find out that that ladder is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the ladder that connects heaven and it connects earth. And the angels are ascending and descending upon that ladder. Now, one of the reasons why Jacob sees this is because he was in a time of great need, right? And so what does God do to his children in time of great need? They receive their orders in heaven and they descend down the ladder of Jesus Christ, if you will, and they go down to earth to minister to the elect. And that's what the angels are. They are primarily ministers to God's elect. Hebrews chapter one and verse 14. They are sent to minister to God's people. And that's part of the reason why New Testament preachers are presented quite a few times in the New Testament as angels. Why? Because we are called as pastors, as myself, we're called to minister, to serve God's elect. And that's what angels are called to do. They're, they're called to serve God's elect. So we have this multitude of billions of angels that are all called to serve God's elect. Also want to note that there is order and there is structure among these angels, much in the sense of a military. So we have references quite a few times to Michael, Michael, the archangel. And it appears that there is structure in this army of the military of angels, if you'll let me put it like that. There's quite a few places in scripture where it talks about thrones and dominions and principalities and powers. And we kind of are used to that language from Ephesians chapter six in Satan's kingdom, so to say. But the reason why Satan has established that false structure in his kingdom is because he's trying to replicate God's kingdom, right? So you have Michael, who's the archangel, and he's the top commander of the army of angels, so to say. He's the five-star general. He's the one that is directing the military of the angels to be dispatched on our behalf. And there is an orderly rank of angels that are sent to defend God's people. We see a little bit of a glimpse into that when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he says, don't you think that right now I could pray to my father and the Lord would send me 12 legions of angels? Well, legions was a military term, right? Which by the way, it's amazing to think about. A Roman legion would typically be 6,000 men. So if that's the denomination that Jesus was referring to, then 12 legions of angels would possibly be 72,000 angels, all right? Now, you think about the fact that one angel in one night killed 185,000 men. 
Well, if there were 72,000 angels that were sent to earth to help Jesus during that time of need, and they are ready to go, they are on call, right? They weren't gonna have to get up out of bed and get ready and get their gear on. No, they are ready to go at the word of the captain, the word of the captain of our salvation. They are raring to go. They have their sword, their hands right by their swords to come. And when you think about it, one angel slew 185,000 men, then 72,000 angels. If you do the math, there's a possibility that they could kill 13 billion people. There ain't even that many people on the earth. <laughs> so if Jesus ever called down those 12 legions of angels, they could destroy this whole earth in seconds. That is power, isn't it? That is power that you have this military structure of angels that is ready to go at any given moment at the dispatch and the command of Jesus and of Michael the archangel, and they could come and destroy this world at any moment. Isn't it good to know that those are the people that are fighting on our behalf? Amen? <laughs> we'll probably have to come back to this next time and look more at these military scenes. But in 2 Kings chapter 6, we have this picture of Elisha and his servant gets up and they he finds out they're surrounded and he panics. But then Elisha prays for him and he said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And Lord, open the eyes of this young man. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And that really gets to the reality of this spiritual warfare that we're in, right? We've been talking about this for a long time. And we've been trying to tell you that there is a vicious battle that's going on all around around us that we can't see and they were in a natural conflict Elisha and they were naturally surrounded by this army but there was something unseen in the spiritual realm that was going on that he was not privy to. But Elisha said, open his eyes. And then when he saw it, he understood that there was a whole army of horses and chariots of fire that are ready to fight on our behalf. And I'll tell you, child of God, that is why the gates of hell will never prevail against the church, right? Is because we have even more than 12 legions of angels. We probably have thousands of legions we have billions of angels that are ready to fight on our behalf and they are they are encamped around about us on a daily basis and they're fighting Satan and they're fighting the unclean spirits but what we need is our eyes open right we need to be able to see a vision of the defenses and the angelic protection that God has put around us because doesn't that embolden you when you start seeing those images where God peels back the curtain a little bit and you see the angels that are fighting on our behalf. Doesn't that invigorates you to get back into the fight, right? I don't need to be afraid of Satan. I don't need to be afraid of principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. Think about Acts chapter 12 when Peter's been cast in prison and they think he's about to die. Herod has already martyred James and, and Peter's been thrown in prison and there's no hope for Peter. There's no hope he's going to get out of prison. How, how in the world could he ever get out of prison? We're not going to start jailbreak. The church is not going to come in and invade the prison. How's he ever going to get out? 
Well, what happened? The church went and prayed to God. And what did God do when he heard the prayers of his church on behalf of his persecuted ministry, on behalf of his persecuted people? What did God do? He sent an angel that woke up Peter and walked him right out the front door of the prison. I'll tell you, when we understand that we have these angels on our behalf, that should get us excited. Amen? We shouldn't be afraid of the things of this world. Somebody doesn't like me. Somebody says something about me that's disparaging or ridiculing. And I don't want to belittle that. But listen, we have an army of angels that are under the command of the captain of our salvation and there is no possibility that they're ever going to lose a battle that they fight in. Right? There's no possibility they can lose that. And that should give us boldness. And we could get afraid sometimes and be like, oh man, somebody may be offended. Oh man. We're not getting to this point in America yet, but 30 years from now, we will, that people will be cast into prison for standing up for the truth of God's word. And I pray when those days come that we are trusting in the blessings and the providential angelic protection of God in those days so where we can be bold to stand up for the truth of God's word. It'd be very easy to say, well, you know what? I don't know how we're going to stand up for this. I don't know how we're going to stand strong in that day. The Lord may cast us into prison. Well, guess what? We find from Peter that God, by the prayers of the saints, can send an angel into prison and let you right out the front door. We look at that today and we're like, well, yeah, I know that. I know that happened back in the day, but they've got mechanical locks on prisons nowadays. There's no way that God could let some preacher right out the front door of the prison. <laughs> well, I tell you what, is there anything too hard for the Lord? It wasn't too hard for him back in that day and it wasn't too hard for him now. So my point is though, that it'd be very easy for us to look at that and be like, oh man, I, I can't stand up for truth. It'd be very easy for us to cower down and say, oh man, I can't be thrown into prison. How is my family going to be provided for without me? When we know that there are angels fighting on our behalf that can let us out the front door of the prison, boy, that gives us boldness, doesn't it? It gives us boldness. So I hope that God can allow us to have this vision of angels that are fighting on our behalf. And I'll tell you at any given moment, when God's people are being persecuted, when God's people are in trouble, I believe that there are 12 legions of angels that are ready to go at the call of the Lord at any time. I believe that there are full of horses and chariots surrounding us and camping round about those that fear him. And that's why God's people will never be defeated here in this world because God will not suffer it to occur and when God's people get in the worst circumstances, that's when he sends his angels to fight for us. When he sends his angels to fight for us. Now, there are so many references to angels in scripture. We do not have time to consider all of them at all. But we do want to highlight a few more things this morning and then hopefully come back and dwell on this in next week's message. So first of all, angels serve quite a few different roles. And one of them is certainly in a military sense. God sent one angel to destroy 185,000 Assyrians. And that, that is amazing that he did that. But also angels are sent to deliver good news to send a declaration of a birth that's upcoming, right? We see this with Hagar. We see this with Joseph. We see this of Zacharias and Mary. We see them being involved in the calling of Gideon. We find 
God sending angels to get Lot out of Sodom. We find the power of these angels that they blinded the men there in Sodom. But God sends his angels to pull his children out of bad situations, even that they've put themselves in, like Lot. We find angels giving a message of good news to those that attended the tomb of Jesus Christ as he has been resurrected. It's angels there that told him, he's not here, he's risen. Why seek you the living among the dead? We find angels being sent to Cornelius and to Philip to direct both the preacher and the recipient of the ministry of the gospel. And God directs in his spirit, and he directs by angels to encourage people in the preaching of the word. We find that they're certainly sent to battle against Satan. We find them battling against the prince of Persia in Daniel chapter 10. We find Michael contending with Satan over the body of Moses. We find angels fighting against Satan in Zechariah chapter 3 and in verse 1 when he's trying to show up to worship. We also have references that not only do God's angels encamp round about them that fear him, but it makes a reference when Jesus is talking about the little children, that it makes reference that these little ones, angels, do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. I don't know if we necessarily have a personal angel. It says that God's angel encamps round about them that fear him. Them that fear him are the children of God. So I don't know if we have one personal angel that's assigned to us for our whole life, but I believe that there are angels around us every day. I believe at any given time, God's people are being protected by angels. And that's a beautiful thing to be reminded of, isn't it? That God's angels protect them. And then we have that reference that the little ones, the children, but also the babes in Christ, they have special angelic intervention, it appears. That's in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 10, if you'd like to look at that. We also see when angels show up, they are an overpowering presence, aren't they? They show up in white raiment and they appear like lightning and shining garments and glistering garments. And people are just overwhelmed when they see angels in the word of God. When light comes and overpowers them, they are just totally consumed with the presence of these angels. So that's kind of how we normally think about angels, right? We think about them coming in a powerful way and destroying 185,000 men and them and this, the shining garments at the resurrection of Jesus and in other places. But then we have references like in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 2 that we need to be sure and entertain strangers because we can entertain angels unawares. You know, we think about in Genesis chapter 18, we find out that three men that gave the appearance of three men showed up on the plains of Mamre and went into the tent of Abraham. Now, one of those ends up being the Lord, but the other two angels go into Sodom and they appear to be normal men because the men of Sodom, as wicked as they were, they wanted to rape them and molest them. So we find that even though angels many times appear in this amazing way in bright light and overwhelming presence, we find that they also appear as ordinary men many times, right? They, they appear as ordinary men. And the admonition there is that we need to we, we need to be hospitable and bring people in our home because you never know that an angel in ordinary clothing, you may entertain an angel unawares. You may bring uh, and prepare a meal and supper for two angels just like Abraham did on the plains of Mamre and you can find the presence of the Lord right there as well. 
so many instances, so many instances where angels are sent to minister to God's people and to strengthen them in the midst of trial, but also to deliver good news. And that's what we need. And that's one part of the reason why ministers, gospel preachers, are called angels. It's because we're ministers to God's elect to bring good news. We bring good tidings to you that should encourage you in the midst of persecution. And that's what we need when we're going through trials, aren't we? We need angels. We need ministers to come and tell us good news to strengthen us in the midst of the trial. And we certainly pray for God's divine angels to encamp round about us and protect us from the devices of Satan as well. Lord willing, we'll pick this back up next time looking at more of the military aspect of the angels that fight on our behalf. But it's just such a blessing to be reminded that God's angels encamp round about them that fear him, isn't it? I pray that's an encouragement and a blessing to you this morning. May the Lord bless and keep you according to his will until we have a chance to meet back together here on the program again. If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist Church in your community. To find a Primitive Baptist Church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find further contact information, you can visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com. You can also find our program on iTunes under podcast, entitled The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Radio Broadcast. If you listen and enjoy our program, we would love to hear from you. You may contact us by email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road, on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. We would love for you to come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We invite you to tune in again next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. Wonderful the matchless grace of Jesus.